Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and we are back. First show in two weeks. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, Also with me, Lavender Gooms. With him at most 75% of the time. Also not here. Well, just not also not here. Just not here. Uh, Kid Presentable is en route. Should be joining us shortly. Um, first podcast in two weeks, folks. We, uh, we miss you. You didn't get me, I'll give you our hot takes on Zabit. Uh, granted, um, we were, Mike and I were in a bar when, when we were supposed to be recording. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to, I will chime in here. It, the decision to not do the show last week fell on my shoulders, and Bobby gave me an out, and I took it with little hesitation. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, after the fact, I, I did feel a little bad. I mean, honestly, uh, I did not see the fights the week prior, so I definitely had a little bit of little kid Mark, uh, you know, not doing his homework, not wanting to go to school the next day. Um, but I took that out, and I felt bad. You know, I, after the fact, I was like, you know what? There's not a lot of MMA going on, but there's a lot of cool Star Wars stuff me and Steph could talk about. And, you know, there's a little bit of guilt. But I'll tell you, the one moment I did not feel guilty was when I got home. I parked my car, and I got out of my car. I was like, thank God I'm not doing the fucking podcast. I can just go home and relax. I don't have to worry about anything. For that one moment, it was worth our, you know, listeners not getting the podcast to me. And so, I apologize. What did right. you guys, what did, what did you do last week, Mark? No, fuck it. Oh, my God, I have no idea. Longer <laughs> poop than usual. That's why, folks, you heard it. Branding. This is a burden for Mark to be with you right now. But he pushes through. Unlike Stefan, who's not even here yet. Um... All right, boys and girls, we haven't done a show in a couple weeks, and quite frankly, it wasn't that hard because despite the fact that we enjoy doing this every week, jokes aside, there's nothing really going on. Um, Zabit had a kind of a ho-hum win over Calvin Cater. Um, I think a lot of the criticisms we have about Zabit, which is like he kind of lets guy, he kind of, he kind of plays the Mighty Mouse sometimes where he knows he's better than the guy. But he's not really putting himself out there to put on the performance he'd like. And when you're not a champion, I don't think there's a lot of excuse for that, to be honest. If you're trying to become a champion, that's when you got to be laying the beatdowns. You have nothing to lose here. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you think, Marco? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see the fight, so I can't really. You know what a ho hum Zabit fight looks like yeah, at this yeah, point. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I agree to you to some extent, but I think the other flaw, I mean, look, there, there's a couple different ways you can, you know, get that title shot. And I think, you know, finishes do a great job you know consistent wins do a great job and then sometimes some guys are just like you know if i win enough fights they can't deny me right like if i'm if i'm number one and i'm you know 33 and one they can't deny me i mean me let's ask tony ferguson about them denying him so oh, and, and then <laughs> about a guy who's not only consistently winning but is also very exciting he also is extremely injury prone so there's there's caveats to i mean i'm just saying when you're fighting in russia at like 11 a.m and no one's watching, you better create a high, highlight reel for any of these Americans to I give a shit. Yeah. Um, other shit happened on that card. Greg Hardy made it three rounds with Volkov, which considering I think we all thought he was going to get dusted pretty quick, that was an achievement, in fairness to the man. The scumbag that he is. 
Um, all right. Uh, Mike, you have any thoughts on any of this shit? Let me just ask you right now. Are you just hoping we get past the MMA part so we can talk about Kaepernick and Mandalorian? <laughs> no. Um, just on the Zabit thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, normally you see a champion start getting measured with his opponents when he's fighting literally the best of the best. Because it's a lot harder to style on people when you're literally fighting the top two or top three people in the world. Uh, in Zabit's case, this is a little too early to just kind of be coasting already if he's supposed to be the next destroyer. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you can think about a good example. This is like Benson Henderson. Bendo on the come up to the UFC title was beating the shit out of people. He was pummeling them. Then he became champion and it turned into a decision fest. But... Get yourself a title shot, Zabit. You, I mean, you can just say saying. the same with Tyron Woodley as well. Um, yeah, Tyron Woodley didn't um, finish anybody until uh, Till. That was like the only one. Uh, strip. On on a lesser on a lesser extent, um, GSP. I mean, GSP is the king of, he's he, the king of this. <laughs> I say that he dominated a lot of his uh, a lot of his opponents in his uh, championship matches, but they were just. Somehow dominating a whole hum, much like yeah. DJ. I mean, Zabit, Zabit won two rounds for the love of God. He wasn't exactly uh, setting the world on fire. Anyway, this past weekend, um, Shogun Hua lost a split in Brazil to Jan Blachowicz in what was the one of the most boring fights I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if I fell asleep, but there was a point where it was the it said second round, two minutes left, and all of a sudden it said third round, two minutes left, and I don't remember anything happening. So I don't know if I fell asleep and woke up or just nothing happened and I just went into some sort of time like glitch thing or whatever. Um Well, Bobby, let me tell you, someone that watched the whole thing consciously through it all, you didn't really miss much. I uh, mean, I just want to put it out there for people Jacare complaining about the decision, looking at and looking at MMA decisions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine of sixteen MMA media gave it for Blachowicz. Um, seven of sixteen gave it to Jacare. I didn't give a shit at the end. I didn't care, Mark. At the end, they could have flipped a coin. I was like, whatever. F- who gives yeah. a crap? No, I mean the, the commentary kind of led you to believe that maybe uh, Souza was three rounds to two. Um, that, that's kind of what Michael Bisbing w- w- was saying in the booth, and I kind of agreed with him. You know, the the, the first three rounds fell into a very boring pattern that, that put Bobby to sleep, you know, where Jacare and Blotwitz would stand on the outside a little bit. They trade some kicks here and there. Ultimately. Uh, Souza would pressure uh, Jan against the cage, and then he'd shoot on him. The the shot would be unsuccessful. He'd end up in the clinch, and he would basically control you know large swaths of these rounds in the clinch, pressing Jan Blotzowicz up against the cage. And that was basically how Bisping said it was like, well, you know, there's not a lot going on here, but Souza's controlling this small aspect of the fight, um, and that's getting him these rounds. And then you know when it came to the fourth and fifth round, there was a little bit less clinching. And Jan Blotzowicz was, I don't think his output really increased much, but I think Souza's just really nosedived. And like you said, Bobby, ultimately at the end of the day, this was a really poor performance on both combatants' uh, part. I mean, Souza, this was kind of his big chance to kind of make a new statement for his career in light heavyweight coming up a division. You know, um, he has been very vocal about some of the mental aspects of the game that he had to, you know, address and look into uh, getting a psychiatrist and stuff like that before the fight, which he says he's in a better place now. Uh, on, on the other hand, you know, Jan Blotzowicz is kind of coming off, you know, the highest point of his career, uh, dusting uh, Luke uh, Rockhold in extremely impressive fashion. And now, you know, finding a, another uh, former... Jacare never held the UFC belt. No, nah, he was Strikeforce champion. 
and, and a highly contested, you know, I mean, I think when you think about middleweights in the last couple of years, you know, he, uh, Souza and Romero were just one of these guys that were always in that conversation. This is a, this is a big chance for Jan to really make a statement at light heavyweight and say, no, it's none of these other guys you guys are talking about. I'm the next challenger for John Jones. And after this fight, not only do I think he's not deserving, I'm even more convinced he has nothing for John Jones. So yeah, he's even, gonna win win too. Here, yeah, even gonna though win he got a win now. here, it, it was a step back for him in his career. So it was really disappointing. Yeah, it sounds like John Jones is going to fight Dominic Reyes next, which I think given the options, Mike, probably gives us the most entertainment just because the guy's tall and he actually, I don't know, stands. And is no disrespect to Corey Anderson's last fight, which is the only entertaining one he's had in about six years. But Dominic Reyes, and John, at least, you know, you feel he'll at least, I don't know, throw punches. Yeah, and sadly, that's the most. Mike, most we can hope fucked. there's not really anyone out there that's really. All right, let me uh, sign back out. Okay. This I'll take it. This division's a fucking wasteland, Mark. Like, yeah, real talk. No, Let's is. just be and, honest. And we're, we're, we're looking for new contenders, and I think Reyes is the best contender because not all... I think you can sell him just on the fact that he smoked Chris Weidman. And, I mean, I when we analyze that fight, he did it in impressive fashion. He knocked him out going backwards, which is a, a skill set that can create a lot of problems. Now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, and say that, you know, he's going to be the toughest challenger to John Jones that he's ever had, but he, it's an interesting matchup, and you can use that highlight reel of him just crushing Chris Weidman to get people that didn't see that fight to be like, okay, this guy's dangerous. Yeah, I, I mean, also, so, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, like, we were talking about it. We'll talk about it in a minute with uh, Charles Oliveira. When you fight a guy, like, I mean, a lot of times when a guy gets a win, uh, people like to discount his win by saying, like, oh, that guy was a bum or that guy was done. When you fight it, if you think a guy was done or a bum or a can or whatever you want to call it, the other guy should finish him and put him away. And Dominic Reyes had that kind of performance against Chris Weidman. If people really think that, like, the guy's done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, Shogun and Paul Craig. Paul Craig beat the crap out of Shogun for five minutes. Like, pretty badly. I thought that was a 10-8. And then I thought Shogun won the next two rounds. I don't know why Shogun's fighting, man. Like, I don't get it. This is, he's taken a lot of beatings at this point. I got no enjoyment out of this at all, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's had a very long career, but he, in this fight, he still was game. And I think, Bobby, I'm not sure. I think he's coming off like a win streak. Like, I think he's coming off a lot of wins. Uh, not necessarily. He, he had three before he lost to Anthony Smith. And then he did beat Tyson Pedro, who was one of these young and up and up and coming kids. Um, Paul Craig, presented a lot of issues in that first round. I mean, Paul Craig usually fancies himself as a jujitsu fighter and not much of a striker. But in that first round, like like you said, Bobby, he had really no issues just letting his hands and feet go. He was throwing a lot of kicks. Ultimately, he was throwing a lot of punches. And I don't disagree with the 10-8. I think we're starting to get into a judging realm where we're giving more 10-8s. Because it used to be, for me, a 10-8 would really have to be like, not only this guy dominated, he put the other opponent in a position where it was close to getting finished. And I don't think Paul Craig got to that point because he was blasting away on Shogun. But Shogun was defending himself and he was throwing back too, which ultimately made like, okay, this guy's still in it. And when you look at his career, you know, uh, Shogun has a knack for being able to take a lot of punishment and keep coming forward. Um, but ultimately, I think it was Paul Craig's his too familiarity with fighting on the ground and just being too comfortable there, that kind of cost him a victory here. Because if he would have just kept this fight standing, I think he could have beat 
Shogun. He had the reach. He had the quicker reflexes. But ultimately, Shogun was able to catch a kick, take him down, and Paul Craig was like, oh, I'm really good at jiu-jitsu. Not knowing that fucking Shogun, Shogun is fucking fantastic at jiu-jitsu. This guy was fighting Little Nog like a decade ago. He knows he knows armbar setups. You know, you're not going to catch this dude snoozing. So really what it gave was it gave Shogun his best chance to win this fight, which is be on top, be in guard, and just throw as much punches as possible. When he first got him to the ground, Shogun was going at it. Um, and then, so I think he won that second round, and then the third round was more the same. You know, Paul Craig was just throwing too many kicks, allowed himself to get on the ground, and didn't utilize his jiu-jitsu to get back up, was fishing for a lot of submissions that he just wasn't going to get. Um, ultimately, I- I'm okay with the draw, because I, like you, Bobby, I kind of thought Paul Craig, 10-8 in the first, makes a lot of sense. I think Shogun won 2-3. and three. So ultimately ending up with a draw, the draw was the judging was a little different than that ultimately, but we got the outcome that I think was fitting. But yeah, I think at this point, Shogun, he just gone to the Hall of Fame this weekend too. He doesn't have a stint to run at the belt anymore. I don't really see much. I mean, we were talking about Jockery, right, man? And let's be honest about what's happening here. The problem with every, with all these guys we're mentioning, they're done. They're too old. That's what, they're not going to find the fountain of fucking youth. They are this level of fighter now. And you're not going to be a champion. And I'm looking at Henan Burrell down on this card, who lost to some guy. Well, who guy might be good? I mean, what we lost Mike again. Might be uh, I was about to turn to Mike, but like, that's he's done. Like, dude, we're just milking them for this. Like, if this card was in where in Brazil? Yeah, Sao Paulo. I mean, like, this is what we're doing. They haven't built another generation of Brazilian star. Well, who well, is not it? a light heavyweight for sure. But where's well, the where's yeah, the, where's Johnny Walker? Right, he's kind of a new, but he just lost. I did so not know Johnny him. Walker's Brazilian. I swear I'm to God, I had the slightest sure idea. I'm pretty sure. Amanda but, Nunes. I mean, we 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 saw. I mean, Shogun hasn't been the same fighter he was for a long time. And in this fight, they're talking about, oh, you know, Shogun's a legend and this, that, and the other. And it's like dynamic young Shogun that was still utilizing kicks and knees and being as dynamic as he used to be with Shudo Box. That's not the guy we have anymore. Shogun now is. He can basically throw hands, and that's what we—that's kind of what we see with, especially with a lot of the shooter box guys. When they get old, the kicks aren't coming out anymore. It's just hands because, honestly, the energy it takes to throw a punch and the energy it takes to throw a head kick is vastly different. So they just have to re-strategize. And I agree with you, Bob. I think at this point, there's just a whole generation that is just like they're, they're getting up there. And I think Shogun, even he said leading up to this fight, is like, well, you know, you look at Damian Maya, he's 40. And this guy's this old, and they're still getting wins. It's like, yeah, you know, you can still do it, but it's an uphill battle. And you're just I mean, not look, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in this, like in the UFC, but like he's not, he shouldn't be anywhere near the top of the card. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, I mean, I mean look, look, look weak, so I'm just like, telling okay. you, like, I'm thinking about like this whole, like, at Brazilian MMA isn't Brazilian MMA anymore, man. Like, who are the good Brazilian fighters who are relatively young? First of all, none of them fucking fight in Brazil. None of them train there. That's not a thing anymore. I'm like thinking, I'm like, they got no champions besides Amanda Nunes, right? Amanda Nunes, who's lived who's lived in Florida for fucking eight years or whatever it is. I'm just saying, like, who's the heavyweight champion? Stipe? I mean, yeah, who's close? There's, hey, there's not one right now, but there's almost always I mean, do you remember right? five, six years ago, though? They ran oh, the whole yeah, sport. Yeah, run the sport. Yeah, but and, you know things change. You know the, the the sports evolving, and I couldn't tell you necessarily why there seems to be less Brazilians fighting at the highest levels. You know they're out there. You know we. I mean, hey, there's still a lot in the roster, but especially light heavyweight, we're just not seeing that influx of new talent come in. Well, so. let's talk about one who actually is getting shit done, man. Charles Oliveira. Uh, Mike, 
Charles Oliveira, man, we I think we all is one of those guys where we kind of have written off a bunch of times. And you realize he's had a shitload of fights and he's only 30 years old. Man, he keeps winning. And I know this was uh, not the greatest opponent, but when they give you a guy who's not that great, this is the kind of performance you got to have. You put a guy, put him down in 86 seconds. He's got second most finishes in UFC history. So I think it's time again to see what he's got, huh? Let's give him a guy. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm asking you a question. Oh, perfect. Uh, I heard about half of your question. I heard Charles Oliveira. I'm going to assume what you asked is, is he for real? Is he any good? Because well, I'm saying is it time? I'm saying is it time? Isn't that good out in like 87? Well, he's right? got six straight wins. He's got 15 UFC finishes, which is the second most all time. He's a performance cool. of the night machine. He's only 30 years Are old. Are there any names? Are there any names on that six fight winning streak? Clay Guida, Jim Miller, Nick Lentz. They're all finishes. You can only do what they give you, man. We were talking about it earlier. You can only do what you can with the opponents they give you. I'm not saying he's going to be champion, but that you, that is true. As you uh, went six, you, you went talked about earlier. You, you went six straight fights earlier. If if a guy's a bum, you should be able to finish him off, and he's done exactly that. Um, I think the thing with Oliveira is that he came into the UFC so young. I think he was maybe 20 years old, and he came on very strong in his first uh, three or four fights, and then. He fell off for a bit that I guess people just forgotten about him. Um, I always I started to have a bad feeling about Oliveira, a negative feeling, just because it it seemed I always picked wrong um, whenever it came to one of his fights. But, you know, 30 years old, he's coming into his, his MMA prime. Uh, who knows? I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but he... Could be, you know, starting something, starting something big in the next year. I'm just saying, let's see what he's got. It's a, it's a, you went six straight, and he's fighting at uh, was it a 45 or 55? 55? Think about 55. 55. That's the best division in the weight club, the best division yeah. in the sport. So and, fuck it. Yeah, and I think that's the the right move. You know, um, after a while, after you know, smoking a, a lot of people that maybe aren't the best of competition you should get a step up you know uh james vick won what was it eight or nine in a row he got a step up and we learned very promptly that um he wasn't he, wasn't ready he wasn't, as, he wasn't ready he wasn't as good as as we thought maybe he could have been and by the way we're, we're at, at the point, point with the bronx we're at the point with Henan burrow where he doesn't win rounds he has lost five in a row seven of eight uh what is this? 9 of 11. He wow. is 2 and 9 since he beat Uriah Faber Faber in February of 2014. His only wins are Mitch Gagnon in December 2014 and Philippe Novaire in September 2016. For some for some the the end comes very quickly and for Henan Burrell, we didn't even know the end had come until four fights in. Why, why are we talking about Henan Burrell? <laughs> Where did the conversation take this yeah. weird right uh, turn? He's on the card. I'm looking at the card. <laughs> oh, he's he he on those cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Come uh, on, 16 bit Jesus. Keep on. Um, yeah, kid, uh, to, to echo everyone's mark, I got, I, got, I got comments on everything. 
Uh, I'm all right with Mark. How am I this late and y'all are still talking about this card? This card on, did, that nothing happened. That did no you watch the Bobby Green fight? That was just dragging it out to ask you if you watched that. You mute yourself? Uh, Stefan apparently has no thoughts on that oh, because God, he just walked like, away. Oh, Jesus Christ. 350 episodes in. Um, all right, yeah. Bobby Green lost. No one watched it. He probably spent the whole time saying he wasn't hurt while he got hit. That's my guess. What do you think, Mark? Mm -hmm. uh, so I lost the decision, so he's definitely complaining about something. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I, no say, I had the fight on in the background, but I was so tired, I fell asleep about five times. What what happened was my bulldogs just yanked my mic off the table. Um, that's okay. what just happened. <laughs> that's um, that's a different I thought you just <laughs> left. I'm like Jesus. He showed up for 12 <laughs> seconds. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. This is all like, all I've said about him. About the only thing that needs to be said. We don't need to talk about who he's lost to. Who he won the field. Henenborough versus the field. You take the field. These are my. That is my betting lock. My shoe end of the week for all weeks to come. You take the field. Did you see uh, Bobby Green's fight, Steph? Just out of curiosity before we move on. Uh, I did not. I wanted to because I was happy he was did on you? it. Did you? But then I saw he – I like to watch Bobby Green because he's on the prelim, so it means I get. To, I, I might get to watch his uh, – what's it called? His walkout. They don't always do commercials on the uh, early prelims. But I saw he lost. Was it unanimous? Uh, Yeah, he lost – Two rounds on two judges' scorecards. All Look, three it's out of just another. not fair. Bobby Green's got to try to survive life. He, he can't focus on getting a camp in. Um, it's hard for that guy. Charles Oliveira, I was going to say, do you guys see who he called out? Because I didn't need to see how he fought. Because he called out Connor and Khabib. And I'm like, okay, keep dreaming. He also called keep out dreaming. Felder, which was the last guy he lost to. So the man had a reason. of You shoot for the moon. You shoot him somewhere in the middle. Then you shoot right where you deserve. Okay? The one I give him is uh, Edson Barboza. That's what I'd give him. Oh, That'd I like be that. I, 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 honestly, I, I think I've said this before. At 155, you just start putting any guy in the top 15 against each other. I'm fine. Uh, except I'll Edson and wrestlers. I don't need to see that matchup ever again. I think oh, come on. He fights Habib once. You never want to see him against a wrestler again. You think that's the only wrestler he's lost to, Mike, in a very boring although, fashion? Go through his was, record. It was funny to see the look of desperation and, and exasperation on his face by the third round when he was fighting Habib. Oh, man, that was a thing of comedy. Yo, Habib doesn't fight enough since we're just complaining about nonsense now. What the fuck? How do we got a new champion that isn't Conor McGregor and I see him fight once a goddamn year? Hey, he wants what? to fight Floyd Mayweather next. <sighs> Jesus Christ, I hate this sport sometimes. Um, there's no UFC card until Overeem versus um, Jer I think his name is yeah, uh, Jarazinho Rosenstruik, um, who... Just came to on the scene pretty recently in the UFC. Put down Arlovsky in 29 seconds. Um, he's replacing Walt Harris, who's still dealing with that horrible situation um, with his stepdaughter. So um, that's in three weeks, though, in D.C., I think. I'll tell you, uh, Mark's got Overeem, but he has, he'll say, this is the kind of fight where the other guy can make a name for himself. Yep, now we don't need to break down that fight three weeks from now. Yeah, three weeks from now. Ben Rothwell versus Stefan Struve. I feel we've seen that. Oh, my goodness. That is a uh, who's got anything left. That fight could literally have happened 10 years ago, and we wouldn't have bat We'd be like, okay. <laughs> the same reaction. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, the only thing before we start, we, we throw the towel here in on MMA as I make sure there was no news to mention besides what I'm about to say. Um, ben Askren retired, which I think is something we brought up a few times as a possibility. Um, honestly, after the Mosvidal fight, we thought it was a possibility. But after the Maya one, I think, Mark, we all mentioned, like, he's probably gonna call it a day um yeah. I mean, not anybody, i mean just yeah 
just um, Ben Askren, I just want to say, a guy who fought a style, ended up with a really good record, found a way to be traded for arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world at the time, and uh, didn't go out the way he wanted to probably, but shit, he needs hip replacement, so maybe call it a day. <laughs> I mean, all I'll say is, I mean, look at a lot of people not huge fans of like his fighting style, but I, I liked watching Ben fight because his takedowns were of another world. And it was a treat to watch him get takedowns on dudes and just like see techniques that like, just he's on another class in that realm. There's a lot more goes into MMA. So, you know, I think, it, I think he's right to hang it up at this point, but I will miss, you know, seeing him grapple. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on, well, what's that? Quinnett bullshit, some grappling. Yeah. He whatever. talked about how he's not really, he didn't really love this sport. He loves wrestling. And, um, he was able to do a couple of those, like, like the kind of like the wrestling competition ones. I forgot it was called, but like the quintet thing sounds like he would do that too. Some grappling. He only coaches one fighter right now, and that's Macy Barber. Um, which it's a good coach to have, I think. Um, Steph, you got anything to say you want to say about Ben Askren? But just, you know, I think he's actually going to retire. I think this is really it. I don't think he's coming back. I mean, isn't he getting a hip replacement? That seems like. You're pretty much done if you're getting your hip replaced. I mean, fucking Cyborg Santos wanted to come back after MVP put a dent in his forehead. So MMA fighters are weird. It's still not a new hip. Um, Steph, you got any thoughts on your guy, your perpetual number six ranking? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he's the greatest number six that ever lived. Um, the UFC run was very disappointing. Uh, you know, even LeBron that James win. is number six. That win was barely a win. Um, LeBron James sides with China, Mike. So uh, LeBron, fuck LeBron James, LeBron fuck Jay Z, you know what? Fuck all of them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Social Rights Activist, uh, famous last words: uh, Not every problem should be everyone's problem, Mike. So uh, LeBron wearing number six, not my problem. Uh, yeah, Ben Askren, greatest number six that ever was. Uh, besides, I really, I really like that quote. Not everyone's problem is my problem. It is like the quote of the asshole. That's like, like the that. mantra of me asshole. <laughs> Doctor J wore number six. Fuck LeBron. <laughs> I think Bill Russell did as well. But um, anyways, I digress from basketball. I uh, yeah, I liked him, man. Um, you know, you guys said it. I think Bob at the poignant thing you said. Uh, he he's ne he was a wrestler. He was always a wrestler. This was a way for him to take those skills, make some money from it. Um, and honestly, he did it really well for being a quote unquote boring fighter. He got eyes. He got ears. You know, even after that Robbie fight, I saw a lot of comments where like, I didn't know who Ben Askren was, but I like him. I like what he has to say. I find him interesting. He, he was a way he you knew how to be captivating. And he wasn't like he wasn't ripping anyone off the way we saw all these Conor McGregor knockoffs. He didn't go the racist route that uh, a Colby Covington went. He was a one of a kind and I'll always give props for guys. He knew how to sell the fight and a lot of fighters don't know that aspect of this game. And uh, he, he did. If Mosfidal knocked somebody else out, it wouldn't have been as impactful. Askren talked a lot of shit. He's, he's partly responsible for all this stuff. So I really wanted to see him fight Habib though. That was kind of his dream. My dream see, matchup to him. See, I, I got my dream matchup, Stefan. You didn't get yours. I'm a little upset, but I got mine. And so, I got my Damian Maya fight. Him and Khabib would have been fun, though. Because I'm like, I mean, now I think Khabib would have subbed him. But, like, that's a true... I just wanted to see who had the better wrestling. Because that's really what I thought. That I'm like, well, here's a guy who's not going to knock him out whatsoever. Um, but maybe... I think, he would, I think he would have gotten Khabib. I think he would have I think he could have gotten Khabib. He was big, man. He's way bigger than Khabib. Whatever. I guess that's this is true. A Damian was a big welterweight. 
Yeah, Damian Maya, uh, Damian Askin made some mistakes against Damian Maya, which I don't think he realized who he was grappling with, quite frankly, was a lot of that. Anyway, um, happy trails to Ben Askren. Um, we'll see, uh, we'll see what retirement holds for him. And as a man whose record actually keeps looking better because he beat Koreshkov and Douglas Lima at such young ages, they both turned into such good welterweights that his record actually looks better than it was when it, like, because when he beat Koreshkov and Lima, they both had like eight wins. Now they're like 25 win fighters. So it looks even better. You know, it's like Connor beating Max Holloway when he was like 22. Anyway, um, we got no fights to talk about because I don't get how the other promotions function, to be honest. I mean, Mike, you think that this seems like a good weekend for Bellator to put on a good card or 1FC to put something up there? Or, I mean, especially Bellator because I feel they're competing with the UFC for the same market. I feel like what? we had these same type of thoughts about Strike Force, right? No, I've definitely said this about Bellator a bunch of times. But Strike Force, at a certain point, I don't know what they were doing. Um, losing money, apparently. But again, I was looking. I saw what Bellator has going on. MVP's fighting a bum. So my dog is so just a, staring it's into a the distance. It's confusing me. What you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he was going to fight a real fighter, but he, that guy got hurt. So they said, let's just get a standard MVP bum fight in there. And then uh, MVP is going to complain about lack of attention. So, anyway, um, I wanted to talk, and this is going to be the part of the podcast, which if you guys want us to talk about MMA, that, that's over. Um, we're going to do a pretty long stuff we like. But first, uh, I just want to say something about um, the bullshit the NFL tried to pull with Colin Kaepernick. Um. Mike here been doing his homework for the last hour because I told him I wanted to get angry. And he said, you know, he was going to be my Huckleberry for this thing. You ready, Mike? <laughs> the hell is, what the hell is Huckleberry? Partner. You, you, you and me are going to complain about the NFL. That's what I'm saying. I still don't get the Huckleberry thing. You know what? Google that while we're talking here, okay? Um, so, in a I nutshell. Got, I got that reference, Bobby. I thank got you. That thing? Huh? This is a black thing? No! <laughs> how is it, how am I the one? How am I the one that's gonna say the black thing in this podcast? Mike, it's a required reading thing we all had to do in school. But I guess I'll say, was, was it Huckleberry Finn's like buddy, like a black dude? That's N word, Jim. But yeah, that's to, not to be fair, Bobby, that is true. And I did think about that for a second. But <laughs> when he said friend, I was like, okay, he's going with the Tom Sawyer. Look, Mike, when you when this podcast is over, I want you to watch the movie Tombstone. Okay, it's a good movie. It'll teach you a lot of things. Anyway, um, so Colin Kaepernick, I'm not going to explain who he is to people, but um, the NFL out of the blue said he's going to have a tr tryout for some teams. On a Saturday. So let's just start counting off the bullshit, Mike. What do you think? On a Saturday. Already? Bullshit. So right there on a Saturday. Wait a second. Normally tryouts are on Tuesdays. And Saturdays, as any red-blooded American besides Mark knows, that is college football where the NFL sends all their scouts to. Yeah. Good one, also, Daddy. why is the NFL organizing a workout for anybody? Why would they need to do that? That doesn't make one, any right sense because normally yes. every other every NFL club can have a workout for any player whenever they want. They don't need the NFL to organize these. Yeah, he wasn't. He was never suspended. He never violated any rules. He was just blackballed. And don't lie to yourself and say he wasn't because they paid him ten million dollars, okay, to drop his players' association claim. 
Okay? Anyway, so we're getting... And apparently the NFL hasn't talked to Kaepernick since this settlement. So it wasn't like they were, like, planning this thing. And then they're like, all right, um, we got receivers for you. Um, nah, we aren't telling you who they are. And then Kaepernick's like, oh, okay, I'll bring my own receivers. And then they're like, okay. And he's like, can I bring my own camera crew? And they're like, nah, man, we'll, we'll film. Uh, okay, can we, like, see the whole film? It's like, nah, we're going to put a package together for you. Uh, okay. Uh, is the media going to be there? Nah, no media. Uh, okay. Um, what is this you want me to sign? Oh, this waiver says I can't sue you for collusion if I don't get a job after this workout. Is that a fair assessment of what they told him to sign, Mike? Yes. Okay. Now, those of you wondering, did Dazen Kaepernick already sued them for collusion? That wasn't a lawsuit. That was a Players Association claim. And now, I'm, okay, I am not an African-American man, so I'm not going to say the words everybody else is saying about Jay-Z and uh, Stephen A. Smith and Tiki Barber and all sorts of people who are somehow saying Kaepernick needs to just stand in line here. Um, there was a the really word, the word that Bobby is looking for is that no, nope, no, we're not saying we're not saying that, we're not saying that word. Um, I just want to say it starts that, with a C, though. I just see that's not what the word I was thinking at all. Um, the best now, quote I, I want, saw. I want Mike's word now. I want um, Mike's word, and then I want Mark, to, uh, the whitest man on the podcast, to then give his guess. Yeah, and then so we'll actually, come back to what Bobby's word was. Mike's trying to get us just canceled here. Um. Honestly, this was the basically Kaepernick eventually was like, fuck this. I'm just going to go 50 miles down the road, bring my own cameras. I've already flew my own wide receivers. Whoever wants to watch me, fine. If not, we'll send them a videotape. Eight teams showed up when allegedly 24 were going to go to the first workout, which fuck you. I don't believe it. Straight up, Mike. There's no possible way they all went down to Atlanta and said, nah, fuck him. We're not doing it. We're not going to go to this other place. They're already in Atlanta. They would have gone if they were really there. So eight teams showed up. That's the real number. Were the Jets um, one of them? You'd hope. I hope the Niners are one of them. Um, they're trying to like pull some bull. They try the whole thing. The NFL tried to put together some bullshit a publicity stunt, and they're not going to do that better than Kaepernick is. So Kaepernick flipped it over and did his own publicity stunt. And um, Kevin Blackstone had this quote on ESPN said, I think they'll let him play as long as he's an emasculated man. Which, Kevin Blackstone is not going to get NFL credentials anymore, I don't think. Um, yeah, man. Fuck him. I don't know what else to say. I, mean, I think we. I don't think we have to break it down, Mike. Fuck him. Like, fuck him times a thousand. What the hell was this shit? I say, much like Warren Moon, Colin Kaepernick goes and becomes a CFL legend. I just want to say, as I watch Jimmy Garoppolo throw it behind wide receivers all of Sunday, I'm not saying Kaepernick needs to be our starting quarterback. I would just feel better if he was our backup. Didn't Garoppolo throw like four CDs? Yeah, he threw a lot of dump-offs, and then everybody ran for 80 yards. It was great. Playing the fucking Cardinals. And while Mike threw out the uh, Canadian Football League, I would just like to say, if Colin Kaepernick would like to make 30 grand a year, I'll send him Vince McMahon's way because that guy is paying uh, pennies for football players. Oh, that's also the one where you have to stand for the anthem in that one. You got to stand for the anthem and make no money and take lots of brain damage the Vince McMahon way. It's just that was the biggest load of bullshit. There's times where like, man, like I love my 49ers, 
But the end of, I mean, look, I'm watching MMA. It's, it's, there's more scumbag shit. I mean, there's a fucking, there's warlords in MMA. Okay. But like, NFL is not a clean league, man. All these fucking leagues. And fuck Jay Z. And well, since, Lebr- since, since we threw it out there, fuck LeBron too. While we're up there, while I mean, we're talking about it. I gotta give y'all some context here. My man, Bobby, you know what his first AOL screen name was? It was Jay Z fan forever. It was the second one. Well, it was the second screen name. The first one was Rajabi 316 because God bless Stone Cold Steve Austin. Jay Z fan forever. We need to throw Stone Cold under the bus, Bobby. What is he to say? Wrong you. I nothing bad. I mean, Stone Cold probably shouldn't have hit his wife. That's okay. That was a drawn your line there, I guess. I'm not saying it was a good thing he did that. The man at least the man at least admitted to his mistakes and apologized. Jay Z's out here bootlicking. All right? That's what's happening here. LeBron out here bending over for China. Bunch of fake woke fake woke motherfuckers out there. It's really it. Don't have everybody's just the fucking slogan for everybody in fucking twenty nineteen is secure the bag, Mike. That's it. I like that. That's what it is, man. That's I mean, look. Cool. I'd sell I mean, out for some money. Don't I don't come at with you with me like, oh, like you gotta listen to your employer and empl- you're an employee shit. Look, maybe not everybody listening to this knows this, but I am very much on the employer side in my actual life. Yeah, and I it, work for Bobby, and I tell him and his dad to fuck off all the time. No, but like, fuck, man, you gotta be able to like, don't compromise your fucking self, man. Be able to look at yourself in the fucking mirror. And the NFL trying to pull some evil ass shit like this. I mean. I'm just going off the rails. This is like the podcast used to be where me and Stefan used to have a 10 minute segment every week where we just turned off everybody who lived in the middle of the country. <laughs> That's what this is now. Um, you guys want to talk about Star Wars and Disney Plus in general? Let's do that. Yeah. Um, did anybody, like, man, was there a lot of stuff that I liked this last week? Yeah, I was going to say. It was a good week um, to have stuff in your life. Let's, let's focus on the Disney Plus part first, as we all have Disney Plus. Um. Uh, so, important question. Ma- I know some of your answers I've talked, but Mike, I haven't gotten your answer on this. But what I've asked everyone who signed up for Disney Plus, who is your profile icon? So many choices, so many IPs. Who do you who'd you get up for, Mike? Uh, I did it while Bobby was here last week, and I just kind of just picked whatever. So I think for right now it's still Spider Man, but I'm probably gonna switch it to Chip and Dale. I think I literally just turned to you and said, what do you think about Spider-Man? You're like, you were planning for an inner job interview. So you're like, man, whatever. So, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't care. I'm Hulk. Mark, what do you got? Uh, I tried to switch it, and I kept getting an error. <laughs> so I am <laughs> old Mouse. Uh, yeah, my, Mark and I were sharing an account. So when I saw Mark's profile was Mickey Mouse, I'm like, you cop out, motherfucker. I This is the name I'm trying to get, which is really good because I'm fucking paying for it. So our name's going to be Majority Shareholder. But it, <laughs> I wrote that in, it gave me an error. It didn't say I had too many characters. So then me and Christina are like, okay, let's like shorten it. So we like abbreviated, took all the vowels out, and it's like it still gave the same error. So I was like, I don't know, man. They don't. They you're, want you're Mr. Mouse. You're Mr. Mouse. Yeah, Mr. Mouse. That's fine. We got um other people on our account. We got um my roommate Drew, who is Groot. Um, baby and Groot. we yeah, baby Groot. We made our friend Phil. What's the name of the character, Mikey? Told me the guy from Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack, Jack Skellington. There we go. That was just arbitrary. Is I don't it think because they're it. both bald headed? 
I think I just needed to pick Whoa. something, and I was just like, "Whoa, Phil!" I was gonna say, "Phil's not bald." Phil listens to this podcast. Phil, it's like a, it's a in Kill Bill. He's like, "I'm not bald. I shaved my head." Do you understand? That's Phil. Yo, I don't think he's even get out of here with your platinum hair. I was gonna. Oh, defending his boy. Um. All right. Um. Yeah. Who watched Mandalorian? Both episodes. I watched both episodes. It's good. Baby Yoda. All I got to... Baby Yoda is the cutest. No, first of all, spoilers like a world. motherfucker. By the way, everybody. Yeah, whatever. We're about to spoil the shit out of it, as Mike already did. But go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Baby Yoda, when he popped out on the scene, oh man, that shit was like babies and baby kittens and baby puppies just all rolled up into one all the fields man i, I just saw dollar signs oh, it was like man the merch <laughs> opportunities on this motherfucking thing like, step on and step on and me are the same way i'm just as like, fucking you know cynical you, i was like they're gonna print money with this <laughs> i mean not in a bad way i'm like yeah get me that dog shoe toy right now i'm gonna get one for kogi and lumpia you know get 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 me i'm the, the funko pop is coming it's all coming it's all money baby and I like that it's a puppet. I, I that's one thing I've enjoyed. I know that there's some CG. Is it? Uh, I think most of it is puppet work. I didn't know. That's awesome. That's I just really have. Cool. A, I just appreciate that there's practical effects in this. Um, you know, like the Sons of Easter Eggs. Who is it? Um, Salacious. Uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Java's little laughing rat buddy. Uh, you know, you see one of those on the barbecue spit, and then there's another one having to watch the other one on the barbecue spit. But uh, then you realize that that rat guy is an asshole. So, um, yeah, I love it. I think the thing Mark and I have been talking about, I don't know if you guys noticed, the show's a fucking video game. It's like, do this fetch quest. Now get your one shoulder pad. Like, you don't have the armor set bonus yet because you still need five more pieces. He's got he's got two of five pieces still, still continuing. But um, it's a space cowboy show, and that's all I, I have spoken. That was my favorite guy. <laughs> I have spoken over and over again. Really dug that guy. Um uh, this the sheer amount of intellectual property Disney owns now is absurd. Like it was, um, Stefan, your dog's okay. Yeah, yeah, they're just fighting. That's why, uh, you know, my <laughs> mic get yanked out. Let me mute myself. Um, yeah, it's a lot of stuff on there, Mike. Like a lot of stuff. Like you, I mean, you forget they bought 20th Century Fox, and you go in there and you're like, oh, there, there's every episode of The Simpsons. Just 30 seasons of the greatest animated show of all time. See, all right there. See, you watch The Simpsons. What I've watched on Disney Plus so far has been the two episodes of The Mandalorian, The Sandlot, um, a bunch of Star Wars Rebels, and the first episode of Darkwing Duck. And today I had another episode of My Job Makes Me Feel Old when I brought up that I watched the first episode of Darkwing Duck. And I just got a collective look of... What the hell is Darkwing Duck from all of my coworkers? Oh, Mike, your coworkers. What the fuck? I've watched both episodes of The Mandalorian, two episodes of The Simpsons, Camp Krusty, and I forgot the other one. And I watched the first two episodes of the X-Men cartoon from when we were kids. Oh, wait, Bob, um, what uh, what do the kids can't, uh, ch- uh, chant at Camp Krusty? Most of the two poo, most of the two poo, most of the two poo, most of the two poo. What are you talking about? The Camp Krusty episode. What the hell was that song from? That wasn't a song. Remember, that's that's what the kids are chanting in the episode. What, what after Bart takes over and leads yeah. a coup? Oh, yeah. okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, Stefan, they got to put the Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons on this fucking service. Like, what are we doing? 
Um, yeah, we were talking about that. Like, I was surprised that you said that they had the New York episode with the Twin Towers because that kind of just got removed um, and erased from the library on TV for years and years. Um, like, when I asked why, you know, it's because, like, there's all this stuff with Michael Jackson, and I'm like, that shit's always been there, you know? Like, I mean, I, I, I can get the argument, but, like, at the same time, like, it, you know, the art... He wasn't playing it, Michael Jackson either. He wasn't... Uh, the, I do have a belief that the art can exist separately from the artist, um, but... I understand that's not like true for everyone so i don't know it's complicated would i rather it be there yeah um it was on fxx which is worth mentioning yeah i mean so it's like, Disney that was never the episode that was missing in the pantheon previously so i'm just a little surprised that it's missing now and i'm just saying as a simpsons fan happy birthday lisa with bart singing is a really important moment for you to realize bart isn't a total fucking sociopath that's true. Uh, that's, that is Happy that's Birthday a, Lisa is one of the moment. best moments of the series. Yeah, I'm just saying. Mark, you watch some other stuff on Disney Plus. You told me you watch a Jeff Goldblum show. Uh, yeah, I actually I've watched a fair amount of some other original content. Um, the World According to Jeff Goldblum, I think, is what his show's called, or something to that extent. Um, and I really liked it. If you like Jeff Goldblum and his kind of weird, quirky kind of character, um, he basically the, the premise of the show is he has a subject. And he kind of dives into, like, why do people like this thing? Um, so he talks to some people that like that thing. And then he, and basically, so far, the two episodes is that he kind of examines a thing, and then he'll make his own. And that's kind of it. So the first episode was about sneakers, which I thought was kind of cool. And really, um, at the end of the episode, it really just uh, equated to a lot of reasons why people like things. It's just like, yeah, people like, you know, people that like sneakers like sneakers because they look cool and they're sought after. But it's also this thing of like anticipation and like, oh, the new shoes are dropping and oh, I need to run. And, you know, it's kind of the thrill of the hunt and waiting to get that pair of shoes or whatever. And I was like, that equates to me in video games. I'm always like, oh, this next this video game is coming out this week and this is coming out that week. And the anticipation for things is, you know, why we like it. So he hits on some like just base human instinct stuff and then the second and then he gets a sneaker done um and then the second episode was about ice cream and he talks to people and he talks like to ben and jerry about ice cream and he makes his own flavor of ice cream um it's just a really fun show especially if like i said you like jeff goldblum so if you're kind of just sold on just like yeah i could watch 30 minutes of this guy just being kind of weird and creepy and one of the things i love is when he's checking out sneakers he goes to like nike or something and they're like oh yeah we do all these tests to see like how you land on your foot so we're gonna have you run and you're gonna step on this glass plate and it's gonna see like where you put the pressure on your foot so you see jeff goldblum run but this fucker doesn't run like a normal person he has like this weird little prance so the guy keeps making him do it over and over again he's like yeah i didn't get that one jeff we're gonna have to have you do it again just give me a nice nice natural stride you know just not nice natural it's like okay um, so, I mean, that, that, that kind of stuff's uh, fun. And then I've also been watching what I've been kind of telling everyone is just, like, Disney propaganda. Um, but it's also just, like, really fun Disney propaganda, which is the um, uh, Imagineers story. So if you're not familiar with what an Imagineer is, that's essentially the group of engineers that Walt Disney uh, hired to make the theme parks, Disneyland and eventually um, Disney World. So really these shows are about the creation and the people behind making Disneyland and Disney World. So I knew from the premise that's something that I was extremely interested in because one of the things that I want to tie into this whole Disney Plus thing, which is kind of interesting for me and I'm sure a lot of other people, is that the Disney Channel, at least for me, and I don't know if it was the same for Mike, but was premium cable. You're, you had to pay more money to see the Disney Channel, which meant I didn't see a lot of Disney Channel, and I didn't get to see a lot of these old cartoons that you know, like DuckTales and Darwin Duck, like you mentioned, and um, 
there's a bunch of other ones i can't remember what the bears flying the fucking planes you guys know what i'm talking about tailspin. but uh yeah tailspins like those i never oh, saw smart. Those, mm -hmm. those, those that was on the disney afternoon that was on regular tv that was on broadcast See, when I was like a little kid and that stuff was brand new, it was on Disney Channel, I thought. And I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter because look, the internet happened. I could watch this shit down the line if I really desired. So but I never did, but it is here to access. And But that was one of the things about um, when I did see some stuff, one of the programs I did see on Disney Channel was them selling Disneyland. It was actually a weird program where they had George Foreman kind of going behind the scenes. It was just like weird to see big fat George Foreman be like, now we're going to go behind Pirates of the Caribbean and look at these robots. So I've, I've always had an interest in the Imagineers and just how they took these kind of mechanical skill set and just made these really cool fucking awesome rides. And then if you know anything about Disney, um, the ups and downs that company went through, I mean, now they're just this mega conglomerate owns everything. But like when they were first starting out and putting out like super high quality shit, they were still struggling. And to make Disneyland a thing was like a huge struggle. So just to see all that behind the, the scenes stuff is really interesting. And um, we're on episode two and basically at this point Walt's already died and they've already made Disney World and they're making Epcot. So I, I don't know how much more there is to really talk about. Like, I know they did more stuff in Disney World. So it, it's been a really fun show. Um, Outside of that, I watched some uh, Star Wars Rebels, like Mike said, uh, because I've been playing uh, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order and that's been just getting me into the Star Wars spirit, which we'll probably talk about video game stuff later. But yeah, I've been loving Disney Plus and... Um, Full disclosure, my cousin worked on The Mandalorian, and I'm there's so many cool things about that show, but what I'm really excited about, and I hope it works out, is I love these end credit sequences where they basically have like eight or nine cards where it's basically like really good, I, I want to call it like concept art for the episodes, but they, there's just beautiful kind of art rendering what happened in the episode. And I think if his position in the crew is correct. You will, you'll actually be able to see his name on the last picture. He'll be the last thing because he's credited as second assistant director. So I'm kind of excited to see the fourth and eight episode and see if he gets not only credited, but in like these, this nice fucking picture that like people actually watch because I know that after the first episode, I was like, yeah, I'm sticking around and seeing these cool paintings of what happened in the episode. That's a really nice touch. Is, uh, is his last name Paris as well? No, it's uh, Milan. He's my cousin from my dad's side, uh, but um, I, it was a sister of my aunt. So, gotcha. Um, Can I say a complaint about the Mandalorian? What? Oh, uh, the uh, what's up with the second episode being thirty minutes? Why we, oh, that was my question. Why, how, why many, we, how many minutes is this fucking thing? Why are we waiting with like episode length on an eight episode season? Like, what's going on here? Like, the first it's episode just, was like twenty four minutes, right? The first episode was like forty five minutes. Yeah, it was. I think it was like forty minutes. Then there was like every episode is like like six minutes of credits. I've noticed. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, our episode's gonna just suddenly be shorter. Like that just doesn't make me know what to expect. In like a, eh. and I've I've heard this in some like the reviews I've seen. Like, what are we getting out of this? Like, it's it's a very slow burn for an eight episode season. So like, people are just a little skeptical in terms of the pacing of it. And like, not that I haven't liked what's there, but like. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't really a fan of like. I immediately knows this is a shorter episode. Why? I don't know what how many eight episodes, to be. huh? Oh, not good. Um, we haven't even yeah. met Gina Carano yet. I was. I saw an article about Gina Carano being in the show. I'm like, fucking when? Like, when is this happening? Um, I read that she was mad when they tried to get a stunt double for her. Me and Stefan saw the same article. She wanted to do her own stunts. <laughs> was it MMA Junkie or MMA Fighting? Where did you see it, man? <laughs> I don't know. It was in, like, recommended shit for me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, I dig Disney Plus, though. I'd like it if it stopped asking me to verify my email account. Just saying, Mike. What the fuck's going on with this thing? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I'm assuming it's a glitch in the system. Um, I have faith that Disney will work it out. I don't. I haven't um, ran into they, that once. It's probably because I don't do two-step verification. So, like, who's on it? No, it's not that, man. It's because we, I mean, look, they said four people can use a stream. Me and Mike are sharing. Mike and I happen to live 3,000 miles apart. So maybe that's a problem. But then again, five of us are sharing an ESPN Plus account, and that thing didn't bat an eye about anything. Just saying. It did this past so, weekend, apparently. Yeah. That, I don't know what we did. We broke ESPN Plus. Um, anyway. Uh... That's it for Disney Plus. Uh, shows wise, I don't want to spoil anything because I know Stefan hasn't watched it. I don't know if Mike's watched it, so I'm not going to say it. But for the love of God, start watching The Watchmen. Uh, I haven't. Watched I still don't know past week's episode. You haven't either. No. Okay, you both need to, so we can talk about it. Also, I'm still not sure this show is watchable if you haven't read the book. I need a guinea pig. So somebody out there, tell me you're watching The Watchmen, and it's doing anything for you. Because I read the fucking book, and when each episode's over, Steph, I immediately, I'm like, how many Easter eggs did I actually fucking catch? And there's another 70 I didn't catch with every episode. So, it is straight up so much better than I could ever imagine it to be. Oh, yeah, I had, I had like, abysmally low were, expectations, though, Bob. I, was, I didn't want to watch it, and then I think, like, we saw a bunch of good reviews, we're like, we should watch this. And then, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it took my brother recommending it to me, because he caught the premiere, like, I said... For him, Watchmen is his holy grail of comic books. And he's the one who got me into comic books in the first place. So, um, you know, I disagree with my brother on a lot of things. But if he, he put in a word like that, I was going to trust it. But, I mean, it's an exceptionally well-made show. It's a HBO prestige show. You know, it's uh, one of the things that they... It's one of these IPs that they were trying to find. They're trying to find the successor to Game of Thrones, right? Um, and it's not that big of a cultural phenomena yet, you know, but even... I don't think Game of Thrones really caught on until the third season, um, quite to that level. But um, so I kind of, you know, the, the budget's there. I, I can't tell you though if like, are you still going to enjoy it without all the background info? Because like, even with the background info, like I'm still fucking lost. And well, yeah, me and Stefan have like, to have a conversation every week about what's going on in this show, like just to put piece some of it together. We still don't know what's going on. Yeah, I haven't figured it out. Um, I mean, but. This episode this week, though, for anybody who's seen it, you all really, you all know this. Man, holy fuck. This show is bonkers. Just saying. It's fucking bonkers. I think I said, Bob, in episode three, before you had seen that, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're ratcheting up the dial now. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to turn up the, we're going to turn up the weird a little bit, but all right, we're going to, we're going to hit, we're going to start to crescendo soon. Um, I honestly don't know how they convinced Jeremy Irons to do the show. Like, did they give him the book to read? Like, what? How do they convince him? Like this guy's got like an Oscar and like I mean he's like a fucking classically trained British actor. That, and they're like he's having fun. <laughs> he's having fun. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that my favorite. I don't know why, but my favorite moment of the series. And I know Mark hasn't watched it, so this won't really matter. But the letter he pens to the game master, and then as he just oh my god, he kind of just orates that letter. Oh god, and, I love yeah. That anyway, so and also let's let's not put Jeremy Irons too high up there. Because the man did also star as the villain in the live-action Dungeons and Dragons movie. I mean, you do some stuff for your kids sometimes, man, or his grandkids. He wanted them to see Grandpa in something they like. Um, they, his grandkids wanted to see him as a shitty wizard. Yeah, I don't I think don't anyone I just, wanted to see that movie. <laughs> I just want to put this out there. I recommend reading the Watchmen book. 
to anybody. It's one of my favorite books. Not specifying graphic novel, period. It's one of my favorite books. And you know the show's starting to do stuff because Alan Moore has some quote about all comic book TV and movies sucking. And Alan Moore dusts himself off every now and then to shit on what's happening. Means people are enjoy- people are enjoying themselves too much with his art with his uh with his art. So what a crazy genius that man is. Um Marcus, we got any game news this week? Oh, God, Bobby. It's nothing but game news. Uh, I'm I just mean, go for it, yeah, brother. <laughs> so, I mean, we missed last week, so I have to just touch on uh, Death Stranding a little bit. Uh, very divisive games, uh, scores all over the place. I've played about 10-ish hours, and I really liked it. I think at this point, if you haven't played any of Kojima's past games, basically the Metal Gear Solid series, um, He's just a very quirky guy, and this project is really cool and special because he's been making those games for so long, and there's been so many years where he's like, this is the last one I'm making, guys. Not making more after four. We're going to stop it here. And then he had to make five, and this is his first time to kind of do what he wanted to do in a game and really have free reign because there really didn't seem to be any restrictions. He found the game engine he wanted to build the game on that was going to be able to facilitate his idea, and this was his idea. And... Some people really don't like it. You can really pare this game down to just doing a bunch of fetch quests, but I really like it. I think he has built a really unique and interesting world that is very much his own kind of thing. And apologize, Marcus. He's not getting overwhelming support for this. I thought it was getting really good reviews. No, there is. It, it is all over the place. Some people love it. Oh, okay. I misread the situation. And at the same point, you wouldn't know this, Bob. There's just a lot of people that just don't like Kojima. They're like his shit is very weird, and they just don't are on board, and they're thinking like he's getting a free pass and all this stuff. And it's it's whatever. People like and hate whatever they want. Um, but it, and it's it is a divisive because his style of game is heavy on exposition, heavy on cutscenes. Heavy on just kind of some stuff that like just narrowly, uh, narratively just does not work a lot of times. But what I played so far, I found very fascinating, uh, very interesting. And the the gameplay, while it's kind of simplistic, you're really going from point A to B. And most of the game is that walk of a journey and just kind of, you know, making sure you have the right supplies to get it over the environment or whatever. Whatever. Um, I'm still very early in the game, but I really enjoyed what I played. Um, there's so much to talk about still. Big games that came out this this last week was Jedi Fallen Order and Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield. So Jedi, I probably play the most of, uh, probably around 10 hours there as well. And I really liked it. I had my eye on this game since it was first announced. Uh, this is a new game from Respawn, who made the Titanfall series and Apex Legends. This is the first time they've done a third-person single-player action adventure game and i think they did a really good job they really nailed the star wars feel which is very in vogue right now with the new movie coming out in mandalorian um and they're basically telling a tale of a young padawan in between episodes three and four after order 66 where he's trying to lay low and then events happen and he's kind of been exposed and now he's kind of on the run he's trying to make trying to rebuild the jedi councils the premise of the game um what i will say is that the story's interesting the combat is is difficult in a way that makes it kind of engaging that you do have to kind of think about what you're doing and stuff like that. Uh, but I also have to say that the game is very flawed. It probably could have used two or three months left in the cooker just to iron things out because there's lots of weird glitching, um, whether that's textures popping in, which is fairly normal. Um, and then there's just kind of polish in the game where there's a lot of platforming in this game and a lot of sliding down these ramps that just doesn't control very well and some of the hitboxes on grabbing ropes when you're trying to do all this platforming can be kind of frustrating because it's very precise um 
all it basically has a mountain of little nitpicky things that you can say about it but at the end of the day it is still a lot of fun and has been really rewarding playing um and probably i mean this it feels a lot like spider-man did last year where maybe it's not the best game of the year it's not going to beat god of war but for me personally it's hitting a lot of things that make it really fun um and then lastly uh pokemon sword and shield which stefan and micah played too I really dig it. I don't play Pokemon a lot. I was heavy on it when it first came out, and my headcanon exploded when they basically said, like, oh, yeah, there's a shit ton more Pokemon than 150. I know you learned that rap, but fuck that shit. I pushed over. My my, my theory was, how did this world exist? Because I thought it was the whole world. I didn't know it was a fucking region. How did this whole world think there's 150 Pokemon, and they fucking, like, turn over a rock, and 200 more pop out? I'm just like... Nope, you, 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 you lost it. You broke it for me. So I, I kind of dropped off Pokemon. I didn't play a lot of them, but I was really interested in this game and playing for a couple hours in this one. I really like it. You know, it's it is that same turn based game. Um, it's nice that it's on a console. And that's honestly why I'm playing it. This is their first forte into a console. And I know expectations were extremely high for that. And a lot of the hardcore fan base has not been pleased with simplistic animations not having all the pokemon in this version but That's as someone me. i was uh letting off quite a vent to mark a little earlier when we were chatting about it yeah and i mean there's no you, you watch battles in that game and you see the pokemon do a double kick and the, the the model just goes up and down up and down and it's just like really dude that's the double kick you got for this bunny is just he jumps up and down it's just like you know in this day and age you kind of expect more um there are inherent difficulties with a game like Pokemon. Like I said, they just kept adding 200 more Pokemon almost to infinity. So I think they have like, I think there's like 800 Pokemon now. So it might be a little unrealistic to think they would be able to model and detailly animate all those things. But I think that's what people want. And that's what I want. You know, I'm, I'm not going to play this game and be like, and kid myself to think like, oh, these animations are really cool. And I don't have to use my imagination to make these battles seem more dynamic in my head. But, you know, I'm also going to look at the fluid that's in my cup and not dream about what's not because that's an unfair benchmark to put on any game. So what I played so far in a couple hours, I've really enjoyed. It's very charming and cute. And visually, it I like it a lot. I like the art style they went for. You know, it is very much the same vein that they've been doing for years and years. But as someone that hasn't played a lot of those, this seems fresh and new to me. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. So that's a lot of the stuff I've been playing in games. There's been a ton of stuff because this is kind of the season. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Mike, you got anything else? Uh, only thing for me really has been a Pokemon. Um, um, I would just like to say it's pretty much like any other Pokemon game. It's in the mold in any which way, but that's completely fine because the mold when it comes to Pokemon, it's pretty perfect. I have about seven or eight hours clocked in on it so far. The only gripe I would say I have on it, and I think it's a pretty small one, is... Oh, God, it froze as he was going to give us his only gripe. Oh, man. We're never going to know. A cliffhanger. We're never going to know. He froze when he was going to give us the, his only the gripe. The FBI doesn't want you to know what Mike's gripe is with this oh, game. Oh, they got him. They took him. Is this still frozen? That's my favorite part. He's just still there. <laughs> Mike's shit just broke. <laughs> It just died right here. Mark, you still there? <laughs> Bowser came in and cut the feed. He's like, nope, Pokemon's fine. No nitpicking here today. <laughs> I can't tell if Mike's here or not. No, it that's looks it. Um, I'll give you my gripe because my gripe, my gripe's superficial. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Mike's right. You know, I said the the way I described tomorrow, it's an up res Game Boy game. You know, it, it still hits all the mechanics. But I think, as Mark kind of said, I was in that hopeful fan base since this was truly like our first main console game. I was expecting a leap forward, right? At some point, what this franchise is going on like 25, 30 years now, like at some point, there's got to be a leap forward, right? At some point, Grand Theft Auto went from this top down game to becoming this open world sandbox. And I think a lot of us Pokemon fans who like originated with this, and I believe it was middle school for us, we've been waiting for that leap with Pokemon. We want the open world sandbox game, um, not just the Game Boy format. So, um, you know, but like Mark said, for what it is, I'm still having fun. And I told him my big gripe was, so Squirtle is my favorite Pokemon. One of the original starters. Yeah, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander. There's no Squirtle in this game, but there is a water turtle that is the same color palette as Squirtle, and his name is Choodle. So we couldn't have Squirtle, but we had to invent a knockoff Squirtle to put in the game. What the fuck? I just want to... I just want to say those of us who've been playing baseball games for years knew that we didn't get Barry Bonds in video games. We got John Dowd. Squirtle didn't sign with the Players Association. <laughs> Stefan, okay? You, they didn't meet Squirtle's terms. You don't get a fucking Squirtle. All right? You got to you got to negotiate your own deal with Squirtle. I mean, Bobby, you go on uh you go on Reddit. I'm about to take a photo of this damn thing and I'm going to post it to crappy knockoff. Like <laughs> That's all this is. I'm like, you look like, you sound like, you have the same attacks as, but you're not. Um, I think Mike's shit's just broken. Unless he's back now, Mike. All right. Uh, Tune in I'm next week wrestling. to find out. What was Mike's big gripe with Pokemon? Yeah, seriously. I'm going to do my wrestling minute here. And Stefan, I know, watched the thing I'm going to talk about. So he can chime in too. It's too much, Bobby. Um, it was too much. So I watched AEW Full Gear well after the fact. I think Stefan watched most of it live, I think. I did. I, 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 I like tuned in like... In the early middle, I missed like the first couple things, but then I kind of caught it from that point. So I'm going to say this, um, and I think, I don't know if Stefan was on the show the week I mentioned this, which I mean, I'm just going to say it again. I'm at the point now where I can comfortably tell people I am a fan of this product. They are putting on overall a product I enjoy. And what I like about it is there's parts I like and there's parts I don't like. And Steph, I'm not sure if I'm making a lot of sense when I say what I'm about to say, but I don't feel any of it's lazy. Like... You ever watch, like, this comes from people who watch WWE sometimes. They've been phoning it in for years, and it fucking sucks. The main roster. I think that's a fair assessment, Steph. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel, and I like about AEW and their mission statement, and some people don't seem to understand this, is that wrestling isn't just one thing. And when you watch their show, it's very much like a variety show of pro wrestling. Like, it's all pro wrestling, but there's a whole bunch of different styles. So just going through this card real quickly... Steph, I don't know which parts you did or didn't see. I started the parts- with the uh, Bucks and whatever that tag team is called. Proud and Powerful? Okay. Yeah, I fucking love Santana and Ortiz. Okay? <laughs> I'm pretty sure their gimmick is that they're just ruffians. Just ruffians from the, from the Dominican. I mean, I didn't... Or no, Puerto Rican, not Dominican. Puerto Rican. Where's Mike? He come- I didn't catch he should, it, he should but be here. Uh, one thing... Uh- Mark might have enjoyed had he watched it. There was that one pay-per-view where they low-key spent the whole show in the front row wearing Rick and Morty masks. Yes, they, they did spent do that. the entire pay-per-view <laughs> just, like, pretending to be fans so they could jump the Young Bucks in the main event. And I was like, that's good commitment. That is, you know, you're giving up two choice seats that you could have sold to fans. Um, and they, you know, they were acting like fans. They had signs. They cheered the spots, like... They probably were just enjoying themselves in that moment. Um, 
Yeah, it's I thought it was all right. Overall, by the way, I thought the second half of this show was better than the first half, which I think is what you want from a pay-per-view anyway. This was fine. Them and the Bucks. It was, I like watching Bucks matches. They're very car crashes. And these guys sell well. And I was important that they won, I thought, personally. If they're going to, you know. Yeah, he, um, I saw, I don't know who's who of uh, Santana and Ortiz. I mixed them up too, um, man. But one of them took a super kick. And uh, it reminded me of why, like, I love how Bobby Roode uh, sells Shinsuke Nakamura's electric foot because uh, one of them took a super kick and then he just started convulsing like he got electric. That was incredible. <laughs> that was uh, hilarious. I, I, was just... I like, some people will call it overselling, but I like that shit sometimes. Man, it's 2019. People need to realize MMA has taken pro wrestling's lunch money here. No one's here trying to get a simulated fucking fight. It's just, a sh- you know. It's athletic competition. Did you but not it's a watch Kane versus Brock? That was a that real was like, fight within a pro wrestling event, Bobby. That was a real MMA fight they did. And uh, yeah, Kane tapped out to a Kimura. That's a real hole, uh, Bobby. Um, the Hangman, Adam Page, and uh, and Pack. I think these guys just have good chemistry, and the matches are just pretty good. They're not A plus, but they're just they match up well together and they mesh well. I thought I like Hangman. I don't really know what it is. I like him. Yeah, he's doing cowboy shit. He has a shirt that just says cowboy shit. It's nice. Um, Spears and Janela. I just liked old man Tully Blanchard helping with the spike. That I enjoyed. That was really it for me. Um, uh, what do you think of the triple tag team match? I was kind of in and out of paying attention. Oh, that one. That one I think I might have. I might have checked out on that. I think SCU retained, right? Yeah, Ray Phoenix is crazy though. I don't. Rafe, I've never seen a guy bounce on the ropes the way Ray Phoenix does. Yeah, the Lucha I, Brothers are a very exciting team. Um, Riho and Emi Sakura was all right. I think Emi Sakura's gimmick is that she's Freddie Mercury. Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of her thing. She does uh, when she's hyping up. She does the "We will rock you" stomp, stomp, clap. Yeah, I guess she trained Riho. Um, yeah, that was the whole angle I, they were going was teacher versus uh, student. I like that Riho doesn't speak a word of English and she's still over as shit. I enjoyed that. The crowd doesn't need her to, like, give us some broken English. She doesn't speak well, English. As a, as a fan of a lot of Japanese wrestlers who fizzled out in WWE, um, yeah, here's a sign of you can still make them compelling without speaking. Um, Jericho and Cody, I, I love this. I thought this was great, man. I thought it was a, just a good fucking, just a brawl. It was like a, just a dirty fucking heavyweight championship match type thing. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked Rhodes' mom smacking the shit out of Jericho. And she said, fuck you, right? Yeah, but it was I funny think. because uh, she didn't have... I mean, she's just a mom, whatever. Like, So it's yeah. cute, but like, she had a big-ass grin through that yeah. whole bit. At no point could she take it seriously. Like, She smiled when she said F you. She was laughing while she slapped him. Like, It was all in fun. Like I said, I don't... I, like breaking kayfabe, I don't care. But it was just that was kind of just humorous. It was a to me. It was a good match though, and um, you realize they employed they employed Jr. just for him to have his reaction to MJF. You talk about variety. Like, Cody represents a very old school style of wrestling. Uh, he's very like '90s WWE. Like I mean, he, he's wearing the big uh, weight belt now that Hulk Hogan would do. Basically, yeah. is if Cody were to wrestle Velveteen Dream, that would be some like '92 SummerSlam shit. Honestly, I look at AEW and I'm like, this is kind of like WCW, man. <laughs> There's a lot of WCW elements here beyond it just being on TV. I mean, they outright reference WCW in their like they have a, bits. They're naming one of their episodes Bash at the Beach because it's in Miami. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. 
Um, I thought it was really good. I like the whole MJF thing. I mean, it's weird. He didn't turn heel. He already was a heel. But, you know, we were waiting for it, and they did it well. He was so heel that a dude legitimately threw his beer at him. You don't think that was a plant? I don't because of how fast security rushed him. Like, okay, so, like, man, you might like be right. Eight security members pounced on his ass as soon as like he was hit. Like, when it's a plant, like you kind of let that shit play out, and that's usually how you know it's fake. Is because why are they letting this happen? Like, why is this person getting away with it? Yeah, security didn't mess around when they tackled that dude. Um, Moxley and Omega. We talked about this while it was happening because I was looking at the highlights while you were watching it as it was coming in on Reddit. Your assessment. A bit too much for you at this point, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, this makes me feel like an old man. Um, and, like, I remember when we were kids, and I think Mark used to watch them, too. We used to watch, like, these death matches and hardcore matches, and we were thought they were fun. But I don't know. As a 30-something-year-old adult, I now know the consequences of these things. And, like, I mean, they, they kept pushing it. I'm like, they had a, like a, they had a table full of mousetraps. You know, and that, that, that part, that part probably like, didn't okay, hurt. Okay, that hurts, and like that's kind of <laughs> funny. But then they just got a straight out bed of razor wire. Like it's like who even made this? It was just like if you just had like a square steel frame and you just wrap coils of like razor wire through it, and then they launched so, both of them into it. Like things like that, and like I think uh, was it Moxley had like a razor wire covered baseball bat. And, you know, normally uh-huh. you do these things and you pop him with the top end of, right? Like, Triple H, he doesn't swing the sledgehammer. He hits you with it like it's a pull cue, right? There's these ways yeah. that you sell these things. But there was a moment where he is raking the barbed wire across, like, Kenny's head. And I'm like, this isn't entertaining to me. It's like, uh, I get you're pushing the envelope. And some people have a thirst for this. But, like, this is not entertaining to me. Yeah, and I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. And quite frankly, I like everything was pretty gimmicked from what I could tell because Moxley wrestled on Wednesday without a scratch on him. But my biggest thing was, holy fuck, it was long. Like, that was for me the biggest thing was it was too long. Overall, I thought it was okay. I mean, I got the whole, st- I mean, the whole story is that he was going to do something that Moxley was going to do something that they never, like, they never put him in these matches. He wanted the match to count. And that was why he was angry and he decided to push it. The only part that really got me uncomfortable, Steph, was when they peeled the ring mat back and M- Kenny went for that Phoenix splash. And that part, I don't think it went well because I think he landed on his fucking face on the wood. That was rough. I mean, in general, I worry about Kenny. Kenny is really willing to put himself through some shit. Like, yeah. to be the best bout machine as, uh, you know, his moniker goes, like, he's one of those guys, like, I don't like how much you put yourself through. Honestly, I enjoyed it. Looked like they're both having a really good time, though. That was the part that was weird. When you're saying about it going too long, you meant that that whole thing I described, where they both go into this like pile of razor wire. There were like five spots after that. that was, like, yeah, that's like, like, oh, this still isn't over. Like this, it just kept going. And the one, and now Mark's just listening to us talk about this. Now we'll wrap it up right now. But uh, John Moxley's wife, WWE employee Renee Young, realizing who she's married to, was an entertaining part of Twitter that night. Because John Moxley had a reputation before he went to WWE, and this match Stefan wasn't in the zip code of the weird ass shit he was doing in CZW. Like there was like light tubes, and his whole face was bloody, and he was a nutbag. And uh, about halfway through this match, he got started getting really unhappy on the internet, and you just realized 
Oh, he's gonna get yelled at by his wife. He's just gonna get yelled at by <laughs> his wife. This is everyone, woman who wants to, uh, you know, they want to, uh, what's the word? Rehabilitate the bad boy. You can't do it. They yeah. are who they are. She went to Vince's office the next day like, can you bring him back, please? I can't deal with this shit. Anyway, I thought it was a good show. I like AEW, quite frankly, overall. I'm actually excited for Moxley versus... They get me excited for matches going on this week. Like, Darby Allen versus John Moxley. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm in. Someone wants Sounds to good. die in that match, too. Dar- Darby, Dar- that's the one I'm worried about. That guy has Jeff Hardy written all over him. Anyway, this was like the wrestling f- 10 minutes, but uh, Mike's shit died. Uh, Mark's here wants to go eat. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, we're going to have no fucking fights to talk about. It's going to be a little <laughs> Just letting you know. Yeah. If you enjoyed this, um, I'll talk about how much I'm enjoying the show Billions while I'm three seasons behind the rest of you. So um, that's it. Thank you all for listening so much. We really appreciate it. I'll be back next week. Um, Find out what, Mike, out what bothered Mike about Pokemon. You know, I'm really yeah, wondering, I'm wondering about back. that myself. <laughs> uh, check out The Mandalorian. And for the love of God, start watching Watchmen. I'm going to say it every week. And I really hope Stefan's just going to watch the episode right now so we can talk about it in about an hour. Over dinner. So, all right. Uh, see you guys later. Thank you all again. I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable's here. Lavender Gooms, his shit broke, but he was here. And, of course, DJ Mark was here. I was Dr. Law. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>